Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Outside. I'm Harry Vanderwood. With me, as always, every single damn week, Marcus Taylor. Marcus, welcome. I'm with you spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I think we're on the same wavelength. Uh, Occasionally, we're together physically, but not as often as I'd like. Shout out to my partner. But um, yeah, it's, it's lovely to see your face again and lovely to hear your voice. Yes, Tails, it is. You as well. Look, we're in the midst of, uh, midst of AFL bye weeks. Um, mm. A terrible, terrible time of the year. Nothing wee, interesting. Wee, 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 wait oh. a sec. Are you trying to skate by this? Are you trying to skate by? Let's just, let's just do a little rewind here. Last week's pod, which we've got a lot of great feedback on, a lot of comments coming in, and thank you to all your listeners. You said, in fact, let's listen to have a, let's have a quick listen to what you said about footy in Tasmania. Pet hate of mine. Rumours again today swirling that Bell Reeve ready to step in should there be any need for, uh, for football outside of Victoria. Now, we've talked about it before. It's very upsetting. There's clearly not going to be any games in Tasmania, and yet we get drawn in again. We have the same culprits, Brent Costello, Sort of Channel 9 in Hobart gets excited. Peter Gutwin's tweeting. So, and then the AFL is like, look, we're just certainly considering and, and very, very much thank you to Tasmania for standing by. So there's talk of us getting the uh, Hawthorne-Essendon uh, clash, which would be a massive coup for, for Hobart. But there's, there's no chance. There's absolutely no chance. That's my hot take of the week. We will not see any extra games at Bell Reve Oval in Launceston uh, at all this year. I'm upset about it. And that's all we need to say. What do you have to say for yourself? Look, I, I stand by my comments. Um, what I think is, is the... And, you know, and the games haven't been played yet, Tyler. So I just want to stress that out. They are scheduled officially um, for, this, for this weekend. I, I have my doubts if it'll go ahead. Um, you know, if it does, I, I, I'm not going to eat humble pie. I'm going mm. to... Reflect. You're saying this is like we're a day away. You're saying there's a chance this might not go ahead. Uh, uh, look, based on previous form from the oh, AFL and Tasmania, no, I, just, is good. I think we're not going to happen. And I'll be a monkey's uncle if they're going to take that away from me. It is uh, unfair, and they're doing it deliberately to spite me. And I'm not going to take it anymore. They just never make me happy, and I'm sick of the AFL. No, look, uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. They just, I think they did it out of spite. They listened to the show and Gil rang up gutters and said, how can we stitch this bloke up? And they thought, you know what? Bang. We're going to give him not one, but two games. And one of them is going to be a blockbuster. A sellout, nonetheless. (laughs) In Launceston, who are we? I I think I also uh, had a go at Launceston recently Mm. too. So look, that's, that's on me. I won't apologize. Um, That's just who I am. Um, Petty and spiteful, but yeah, I'm not going to apologize for what I've said. Um, and let's move on. I'm not going to hear any more about it. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. We will move on then, Vanders. Um, you did mention just off the start that it's been a bit of a quiet week in uh, in footy land. Uh, is there anything in particular catch your eye this week? I know that there was one or two stories that went around a lot, but uh, was there anything that caught your eye? Well, I wanted to talk to you, Tails, about the uh, the test case at the AFL Tribunal. Ah, the test case. 
But uh, is this the um, is this the fourth test case this year? I think uh, fourth this month, I believe. Fourth this month. Yeah, it's amazing how when there's no news on that a run-of-the-mill tribunal case becomes something that's going to fundamentally shape football for the next 150 years. Yes, so Taz, the test case was uh, David McKay mm-hmm. uh, on Hunter Clark, a bump or, or not a bump, um, mm-hmm. arguably, two, two players contesting the ball, and Hunter Clark ended up with a, a broken jaw, some nerve damage and, and teeth, teeth damage as well. Um, and got sent, David McKay got sent straight to the tribunal and uh, was cleared uh, at the tribunal. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was uh, a lot of controversy leading up to it. Everyone deciding, you know, that whatever happened in this case, guilty, non-guilty, would shape AFL for years to come. Yeah. Is the bump dead? Is attacking the footy dead? Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, I think you brought up off air, we, we hear about this all the time and nothing really ever does change. No, no, I don't, I don't think this was ever going to change the landscape. And now we have the result and the result is that he was cleared. It was, I, I feel like it was it the Patrick Dangerfield one earlier in the year that was going to change the game. Didn't really. The only thing I found interesting was there were so many, there was so much noise about it. And this is your classic media just filling the void. There was so much noise and argument and all this stuff around it. Yeah, every single player, past and present, that was asked said, oh, we do the exact same thing again that McKay did because it'll get pointed out on the review on Monday. So what do you want us to do? Every single player said that. So the players were never going to change. The players are never going to change that approach and the coaches are never going to change. So who the hell thought they were going to change? Just all the media assuming that the AFL would find that there would be a case to answer for him. I've I found that uh, a lot of the argument that the battle lines are drawn often on current and ex AFL players, um, you know, so mm. in the media and just players versus the uh, the media personalities and experts that have never played the game. Mm. Um, a lot of those people that haven't played suggested he should be should be rubbed out, and mm. a lot of those that had that had suggested there was nothing to answer for. Staying on, on footy tales, another another story during the week that was just garnered some controversy. It was Caro Wilson. Yes, yes. Uh, Caro, no, she is often in some sort of controversy. There's often a little battles within the media, within media mm. figures. Um, you know, Caro is always having a go at someone or someone's always having a go at Caro. And it's, um, anyway, it seems to, to always go on. But this particular story was about uh, St Kilda players, Seb Ross and Tim Membry, um, um, having a game off or away to be with their family and and caro seemed to imply that she had a a source at st kilda saying that they weren't necessarily happy that these two players were having the game off Mm -hmm. um with their families there was no sort of health issues or anything like that it was just a little i think some family time um both have Mm. sort of new new kids i think so that was that um but then caro got slammed by other media personalities players coaches during the week for being AFL Players Association as well, for being insensitive and not understanding the needs of players and suggesting that they put AFL beyond their family. Mm. What do you think of the story itself? And what do you think about the beat up or the blow up against Caro um, since the story? I think, firstly, I think people did miss, or I, I think this was a mistake Caro made, was that she was originally reporting that people at St Kilda held these concerns about the fact Ross and memory were missing. Mm. So I think that's 
it's important that that was the initial where the story started. The problem was she then went on to editorialize and said, yeah, I agree with those people at St Kilda that had reservations. Uh, I do want to ask you, and we'll get to those other points you made in a moment. So last week, St Kilda, which I thought was completely ridiculous, it was one of the most absurd things I've ever heard. St Kilda rang around uh, after Jack Higgins had missed all those goals. They were, you know, there were all these headlines, Missy Higgins. And so St Kilda rang around all the outlets and said, hey, take the headline down, mental health, blah, blah, blah. They were very reactive, very reactive. This week, it took them a long time to come out and talk about this story. And the longer it takes, the more you think the story's true. That's always, always the case. So I don't know why they thought we're just not going to touch this. They took ages coming out and that meant that over that 24 hours, you thought, actually, maybe this story is true. Maybe it carries on to something. And then eventually came out at mid and said, oh, yeah, we actually discussed it. But ultimately, we decided to be on the side of Ross and Membry. So with that in mind, I don't think it's necessarily fair to pile on to Caro the way that everyone did because it was pretty close to the truth in St Kilda. Do you think they should have managed that story a lot better? Um, I don't know if they should have managed it better. I think that if play, like any sort of workplace, I guess if, if people are needing to take time off under special circumstances with their family. And AFL is sort of a special game with, with a lot of travel and, and COVID obviously has affected that a little bit as well. Um, that it's always going to be a discussion, um, you know, about give and take and what's fair and what's not fair. So I don't, I don't think that they're saying, they don't owe it to the, to the players to just say yes, automatically do everything um, mm. and vice versa. The players can't expect it, but there is room for a discussion. People to say, oh, I'm not sure that's fair. And a bit of wiggle room either way. So I don't, I don't think they handled it poorly. I think it's just that sort of workplace discussions that need to go on between employers and employees, really. Uh, so do you think they, St Kilda had possibly a more mature conversation that we're, than we're capable of having publicly? Because the, the perception is now as soon as a person puts their hand up and says, I've got to go home to my family, that it's 100%, no risk, you're gone, do what you need to do. Absolutely. Is there a more nuanced conversation that we need to have in these situations? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it's individual teams are all going to be different and then individual players are all going to be different. And it's important for clubs, coaching staff, managers to, to, to have an understanding of each individual player and what they need and vice versa. Trust that players aren't going to take advantage of the system. Um, I guess you just build that up with, with trust and, and over time. Um, and, you know, it is really hard to tell because it shouldn't affect it. But your position on the ladder, like how you have the teams mm. going, definitely is going to change, change mm. it. You know, if you're bottom four, you're battling. Well, it was Hooley and Edwards last year when they decided not to go to the hub. Nobody cared then. Yeah. We weren't upset because, you know, Richmond are the best, best team going around, whereas St Kilda need, desperately needed a win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I think it just is, it really depends on the how the team's performing, the attitude of, and, and how they, you know, Damien Hardwick was obviously very good at managing that then and put his players first. So it, it's a really, it's a trust game and I don't, I don't know how you, you get it, but yeah, I just think Cara copped a little bit, possibly harshly. I feel like there's often a little bit of pile on with Cara. She seems to, mm-hmm. seems to uh, gain a lot of negative attention from especially her colleagues in the media. Um, mm. It will happen to us soon. Well, yeah, hopefully. 
don't want to, no, no one's saying anything positive about us yet, but no one's saying anything about us at all, admittedly. <laughs> Tails. Recently, we had some feedback from um, from Hobart, uh, sorry, Tasmanian Tigers hockey one coach Steve McMullen, saying that we're, there's too much cricket on the show. And uh, in light of that, um, I do have some cricket content for you today. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mullins. So, test the Test Championship final is in mm-hmm. uh, is starting um, New Zealand versus India in England. And um, a lot of people have been talking in the media saying it's probably the most important game of test cricket ever because it can bring people back to test cricket. It can motivate. There's a reason to be playing test cricket. The shorter formats are taking everything over. BJ Watling's going to bring me back to cricket. Well, I think the point they were making is, and you know, quite a few Indians making this point, that if India win, it could be huge for the game (laughs) to get all the fans back into test cricket. What do you, uh, what is it? Is it an important game of test cricket? Has it, has it brought some sort of, direction back to these test series that otherwise maybe we don't see is that important i don't see it as that important for some reason i I feel like did we need this did we need to know who the best team was in the world but i feel like everyone kind of knew anyway like when australia was the best we always knew they were the best like it should surely these sort of titanic battles when the the challenger for the number one crown goes to an extraordinarily tough place. So if you went to India or South Africa and won, that was always sort of the litmus test, or Australia. That was the litmus test to me, that who was the best team. I feel like, did we, did we, I don't think I need this, this game to tell me who the best, the best team is, in part because if we go to India, we're going to get absolutely walloped. And if India come to us, well, they beat us pretty convincingly. So, you know. They're, they're the best, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I tend to disagree. I think it has been good for bringing some direction back into test cricket, especially those tests um, that may be against a stronger team, a stronger team versus a weaker team, um, especially if, if the stronger team's away. Like, there's a real, a real reason to take your best team and actually and win. And also, I think it can be difficult to know who the best test cricket team or who's doing well. You know, if, if one team's winning everything, then sure, you know they're, they're going very well. But when it's quite even as it feels like it has been recently in test cricket, then it gives you sort of a barometer where every team is because it's so seasonal. If you're only into cricket when it's in an Australian summer, then you sort of forget what happens for the rest of the, the, rest of the year and then you're not really sure how successful you've been or other teams have been. So I think it gives a bit of a, well, literally a ranking to that. And I think that can be helpful in realising, like for example, New Zealand have been, I wouldn't have known New Zealand were playing that well. Um, and then- but this is the problem with it, Vanders, is that you, like New Zealand have barely left home. Barely left home. So they've played all their cricket at home and thus have been ranked a lot higher. So when was the last time New Zealand toured South Africa? I don't know. India, when yeah, was the last time India hosted New Zealand? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's, it's an uneven process and to try and have you know one central test deciding who was the best over the course of three or four years i think is is perhaps a bit naive but you tr- they're trying to bring the passion of test cricket back the then passion make the, the competition 
No, nah, it's already the best game on earth. So I disagree. Then why do we need it? We're obviously not going to have the game. No, we are. It's time for us to get serious, Tails. It is now time to review. We haven't spent the previous 15 minutes doing that. Well, so you haven't. I've been trying to really put in. Hot takes. Yes. Last week, reviewed. Um, I think we can say mine was probably a 51-49 wrong. Yeah, you're unlucky. Just, just got it wrong with... Borderline. No AFL games extra to be played in Tasmania. We haven't got it wrong yet. No, it's not haven't wrong actually yet. played yet. It's not wrong yet. You're right. Well, I won't hear any more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yet none for me. What was your take last week? Uh, mine was that uh, there would be another coach mooted as losing his job in the AFL, which has not come true either. Wrong. So, yep, no good. Yeah, happy to take the old there because I'm in front. I'm winning. So You're just going to park the bus, you reckon? Exactly, yeah. Would not a bad shot. Uh, this week, Vanders, what do you got for us? All right, my hot take this week is, again, cricket-related, just to keep the fans happy. <laughs> uh, New Zealand to be crowned uh, test champions of the world, beating India. No score given, just a win. See, this is... I was about to do cricket as well. I was going to do, do that the game would be over early on the fourth morning. Uh, so maybe I won't pick a winner, but I'll say the game will be over early on the fourth morning. Deal. I think yours is. Oh, I don't know who's. It's not really cowardly. a I'll take. It. It's tepid. That is a tepid take. I only get a half point if that comes right. Tails, just to uh, to make sure we finish on a on a high um, mm-hmm. with back to back to footy. Mm. A little bit of fun and games. Some some chirp during the week between uh, Gold Coast Suns chairman Tony Cochran and Tasmanian Premier Petty Gutwin. Gutters. Uh, exactly. Cochran said that uh, getting an AFL team uh, in Tasmania to enter the competition would be insanity. Mm. And Peter Gutwin, the Tasmanian Premier, responded, I can understand him not being positive for a couple of reasons. One, uh, For one, we'd flog him. Oh, so, shit. shots fired. Drop the mic gutters. Damn. Shots fired. Uh, he's obviously <laughs> serious about AFL now because out of nowhere, he's got more games in the state. <laughs> he's now having a go at the, uh, the Gold Coast Suns chairman. So uh, let's leave you with that little tidbit uh, great energy from gutters we uh we thoroughly embrace that on on the outside